Welcome to the Life Refresh Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. And if you are looking for a podcast that is designed to uplift, encourage, and revive your heart, mind, and spirit, you're in the right place. Welcome to the journey of becoming the version of you God designed from the foundations of the earth. Now, let's begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Life Refresh Podcast. This is Ryan. So excited to be back with you again. I want to um, drop another podcast here. We're, we've we've gone through several topics and interviews really over the last week or so that have prompted us to kind of think about things some differently. And um, you know, I, I'm going through, and I think many of us, particularly particularly in this current circumstances in our world is that we're finding that the things that we once thought were important and valuable are no longer finding themselves as important as we once thought they were. I know this sounds a little cryptic, but I I want to really focus on this topic today about living a lean life. There's going to be several pieces to this, so I'm I'm uh, I don't know how long it's going to go, but we're just going to start with the part one first, and then we'll we'll move on from there. I uh, I'm going to start with the scripture. This scripture had me rocked for maybe a, a a good weekend. I heard it on a Friday morning on a Friday morning Bible study that I attend uh, virtually, and you know you you listen in you're engaged and you know, we we talk about scripture we say a lot of things and then there this this scripture just like rocked me to pieces and i couldn't necessarily put my finger on what was going on so let me read it first and then i'll provide a, additional context to it so that we can expound on what is being said here but this is the the story of the rich young ruler, and and Jesus is a scripture snapshots and takes note of the dialogue between a rich young ruler and uh, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ Himself, and it documents essentially the mindset of the man who is rich and the mindset of what we should have in the mind of Christ. So we get to get a a view, get to listen in on this conversation. And um, let me read it and, and we can talk about it some more. So this is Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And we'll go all the way down to, we'll go all the way down to 26. All right, so Matthew 19, 16. Through 26. And it says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus re- replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Then Jesus answered, if you are to be perfect, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad 
because he had great wealth. When Jesus said to his, then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Then the disciples heard this and they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Okay, I'm going to narrow down to verse 23 and 20, uh, maybe 24. But uh, you need both of them because I think there's emphasis on this. So in scripture, whenever you hear something repeated in English, it is very important. It's not just important, it's very important. There's a point that Jesus is trying to make through the scripture as we're documenting and listening and, and breaking it down as to how important it is to get certain points clarified. What makes this so powerful is, is the rich young ruler is trying to figure out and understand what he has to do to be saved for eternal life. So we clearly are aware that this guy is very ambitious, right? So we clearly know that. He clearly knows the commandments that uh, not to murder, not to commit adultery, not to steal, not to give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, all those kinds of things. Those are pretty, I mean, to not kill someone could be pretty easy to not do, you know? But this is the part. He said, Jesus said, okay, if you, if you want to be perfect, now this is the thing, y'all. What, what Jesus gave wasn't even in the commandment. This was off the menu <laughs> because Jesus recognized that something else had his attention, okay? Now, he said, go sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And hearing this was like, oh man, I, I, I hear a lot about people getting rid of stuff. And, you know, um, if you've read the book, Maria Kondo's, The Magical Art of Tidying Up, which uh, I've read, it is uh, it's an interesting book. Uh, the question always up that the individual is challenged to pose when they open up their closet and take all the clothes and put them in piles is, does this spark joy for me? Do I feel good when I put this shirt on? Do I feel great when I put these shoes on? Do I feel joy when I look at my books on the bookshelf? <laughs> like, are they things that I'm going to be engaging in? These are some of the criteria that Maria Kondo's book actually provides here. And it is a criteria by which people decide whether they keep it or they throw it away, okay? And it is a challenge for many of us because many of us like to keep things. We are by nature hoarders. It's easy for us to do because what we do is that we, for many of us, put a lot of emphasis and intrinsic value on our possessions, okay? This is a great example. If anyone has sold anything on eBay, I'm guilty. The things that you think should go higher <laughs> in sale are generally not the things that people find the most valuable, right? So you can go to a thrift store 
find some mugs, put them on eBay, find out that they might actually be a limited Starbucks edition of the mug, and someone values that possession more than what you bought it for. So you may make a 200% increase that now gets sold for 20 bucks. Is that 200? Ooh, the math. Oh my God. The $15, excuse me. (laughs) We got to edit that one out. But anyway, you put, and that to to you, it's going to cost you a few bucks. But for someone else, they value it to a degree that, oh, I'm going to put some away some money for this. Now, the things that we add value to, someone else may not have the same level or put the same level of value on it than we do. So say if you're trying to uh, sell your old car and trade it in to get a new one, it might have cost you $28,000 or $35,000 at one point. But to a dealership, if it's 10 years old, it's only worth $4,000, maybe five. But because of the experiences we've had in it, the challenges, the story behind how we were able to purchase said vehicle, the the things that my kids grew up in that van, or the my I, I graduated high school in, in in this car. I have memories here. This is the intrinsic value that we put on a material possession. Therefore, we actually will keep it longer than we should because we feel that the memory is tied to the material. But really. The memories is tied to you. We just like knowing that those things are still with us in some way, shape, or form to help us remind and relive and repeat those moments, even though they no longer apply, fit, or can be properly sustained because things have moved on. Okay. There are certain vehicles like Oldsmobiles that are no longer in production. So to keep one of those vehicles, if you're just into keeping old vehicles, that's fine. But to have a car that is operational, like a Saturn, for a longer period of time, at some point, those vehicles are going to be called vintage. And those pieces and parts will no longer be made. And you will be forced to find and purchase a new vehicle simply because you have not been willing to let it go. So you hoard it. We hoard it. We do this both materially. We do it emotionally. We do it financially. We do it materially. And we just have never really learned how to do it. Now, there is movement, a movement, um, that many of us are aware of called minimalism. Um, It is a methodology of thinking that basically for some people (laughs) deprives them of uh, their lifestyle. It is an expression of visual art that advocates the reduction of only the most needed things and possessions. It is also a mindset that says, I don't need the material things in order 
to be happy. Um, some people do it in crazy ways. I mean, they get rid of everything and only keep like one coffee cup, one plate, a fork, a spoon, a knife. <laughs> like they get really, really extreme. But there are some that have learned how to keep boundaries with certain things and have kept the things that they need versus what they think they will need. Here we go. This is the key. There's people that have what they need instead of what they think they will need, which is the reason why many of us hoard the things and experiences in our lives. Sometimes we hoard friendship. Sometimes we hoard our trauma and nurture it, cover it up, put it in a box, go back and revisit it. There are things that we do to our own selves that give us extra weight that cause us to not live a lean life. So we'll, we'll, we're going to go through this process of living a lean life with trying to get a definition. And I'm going to use, there's, some, uh, my, there's a group um, called the Minimalists who have, uh, they have a couple of documentaries on Netflix as well as major shout out here. They're, they're dating boys from 937, which is where I am from. And it's really encouraging to hear and see these guys' story. But I want to I'll, I'll relate it back to scripture um, before I, I move on and, and conclude this piece of the podcast or the series here. But their definition, I love their definition of minimalist because it's not a a overly prescribed and overly uh, artsy definition. This is what they say minimalism is. Minimalism is the tool to get rid of life's access in favor of focusing on what's important so you can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. They've given a little testimony that minimalism has eliminated their discontent, reclaimed time, allowed them to be present and live in the moment, experience freedom, given the ability to create more and consume less, focus on their health, contribute beyond themselves, get rid of excess stuff, and most importantly, as a result, they were able to clearly see and discover their purpose in life. So... I want to get back to how does all of this stuff, all the things I just talked about, have anything to do with Matthew 19, verses 23 through 24. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Let me clarify this before I get going, before I go down this road, this road here. He's not talking about getting to heaven. Like, I know he says this, but the kingdom of God is a, is a kingdom here on earth. It is what gives us the opportunity to be born again the spiritual awakening that happens in our, our, we become God conscious once we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It awakens that peace in us, which is 
generally spiritually dead. That's another that's another podcast. But if you're looking to find it, read Genesis chapter one and chapter two and chapter three, and you get some context there. But uh, he's saying it's so hard. Didn't say it's impossible. But he said that it was hard. So forgetting some context of what was said before, the challenge for the rich young ruler was his possessions that he needed to let go. So why does Jesus use a camel as an example, which has a hump on its back, to go through the eye of a needle versus a rich man to enter to the kingdom of heaven? If we just visually think about a camel going through an eye of a needle. Close my, close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes for a minute. Just see this. Eye of a needle and a camel. We clearly know that the eye of the needle is much smaller than the camel. It also has a hump on its back. The single hump, no matter where they decide to walk, could intrude and cause challenges to move around and function. But this is the thing, y'all. The camel has nothing on it to carry. The rich young ruler had possessions. His possessions made it difficult for him to move. Have you ever seen somebody in the airport have so many bags that they just look all kind of crazy walking around, particularly knowing that they they don't know how to pack it all? When you pack and when you travel, it is best to only bring the things that you need. Because here it is, y'all. The more baggage you carry, the more you're going to have to pay the cost. The more baggage you carry, the more cost you're going to have to pay. If anyone's taking a flight, they know you're going to get everything in that one carry on as best as you can. Because if you don't, is going to cost you and is going to take up room in your life, in your storage, in mental capacity, in your emotional capacity, in your relationships. It takes up space and somebody is going to have to deal with it at some point. So living a lean life first starts with defining what that life is and looking around you for what you have decided to clutter, cover, and carry around you. And start to put some boundaries, start to put some criteria, and start to unpack what you have decided is necessary for you to carry on your life's journey. Many of us are professional bag carriers. We've been weighed down our entire lives, but God knows what. But you know what? Many of us, even in that whole process, we carry bags that look good, but aren't good for us. But thanks be to God that we have an opportunity to deal with these possessions, to deal with the baggage, to deal with the clutter that will help us to live a lean life. Uh, There's a podcast that I listen to as I close here. It is uh, entitled The Called. 
by Pastor Torre Roberts. I, I want uh, I want to put that in the show notes as well. You'll find it there. But he mentioned that the people who have the most powerful, clear, purpose-filled life live a life that's lean. They only bring with them the things that they're going to need on the journey. So I want to go along this journey with you, but we got to do a baggage check. There's some things that we're not going to need anymore. There's some things that have, in many cases, just have been carried along with us and just got crumbled to the bottom of the bag and we just haven't dealt with it yet. So please, let's take some time first and look and see what baggage do we have around us. And then you'll be ready for the next podcast episode here. Talk soon.